Neither do I. It's okay. Honestly, though, I feel like podcasts and radio stations, everyone has such beautiful voices. We need some, like, I'm dusty, better. dirty voices like ours. Because then it's like, it's kind of refreshing. back to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Daily. I'm Ben Fulon, and I'm here with Isaac Lay. How's it going, Ben? Good to be here. Oh, good to be here. How you doing? I'm good. Had a good day. We just got back from uh, Shepherd's Door and cooked a meal for some of the ladies in rehab, and mm. it was a good time. Had nice. a good day and went to school and everything, so yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you start by just tell us about your whole life. Just everything, from birth to... How old are you? I am 17. I thought you were 18. No, I'm 17. You're still a baby. I oh am my still goodness. a baby. Okay, cool. Like All one right. month, though. Zero to 17. Let's yeah. hear it. Yeah, so... Um, Just talk to me, though. Talk to me. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of your Christian, uh, kind of classic Christian... Uh, I, <laughs> I was raised as a Christian, um, born in a Christian household, um, and from as long as I can remember, was always kind of surrounded by that mm -hmm. um, with my parents going to the church and um, just the rest of my family was predominantly Christian as well. Mm -hmm. um, accepted Jesus um, at the ripe age of seven in kindergarten. Um, didn't really understood what it mean, um, sure. what it meant then, but um, just kind of, uh, what's the word, just kind of went with it because it's what mm -hmm. other people did. Um, and as I moved forward, I, um, I went to Portland Christian for um, kindergarten through sixth grade. Um, and that was just a kind of a smaller Christian school mm -hmm. that I went to. And uh, so just kind of always raised and just kind of around um, Jesus followers and that kind of thing. Um, and I'd say um, kind of as I got to... Uh, seventh grade, I really kind of started to um, understand and feel like, okay, what does this mean for my life, and and how does this um, this thing that people are following and and the Bible and everything, how does this mm -hmm. relate to my life now? It was becoming personal, um, and so I kind of started to um, just kind of figure out what that was. Mm -hmm. uh, seventh and eighth grade, and um, obviously freshman year. Of high school, um, I started doing homeschooling, yeah, um, and so that was a bit different for me. But it was um, just a really good um, thing that happened to me. And so, uh, kind of in my freshman year of high school, I was going through this change. You know, I didn't have a ton of friends, um, but I did have some homeschool friends, and I was figuring out what to do with my summer. Mm -hmm. um, and I had thought about working at a camp that my parents. Um, they actually met at as campers and worked together. Um, it's called Camp Tadmore. Um, and we, or I ended up applying for that summer, like, hey, I might give mm -hmm. this a shot. And um, I was hired on for that summer and um, committed to the three-month kind of job. It was going to be kind of my first job and my first kind of job experience, but it was also going to be like my first long-term um, ministry um, deal. And so as I kind of followed up, or as I did my freshman year of high school, 
Um, still just kind of figuring out what it really meant to me, how personal it was, um, and starting to be, make my faith my own, make um, my relationship with Jesus my own. Um, I went to camp that summer, and that was truly a life-changing summer for me. Um, God revealed so much through that ministry that I got to be part of. Um, I got to not only meet so many people, mentors, friends, I mean, lifelong friends that I still talk to like every single day, mm -hmm. um, and people that um, I could truly rely on. And it was kind of the first time that I'd ever been around people my age who truly loved Jesus and all they wanted to do was just further the kingdom. Um, and that was so cool for me. And that summer, um, we did we did devos every week on the mm -hmm. team that I was on at camp, and um, I really got to learn what it meant um, to not only be in the Bible, but to apply it to my life and figuring out what it means to just kind of um, grow in relationship with the Lord and mm -hmm. figure out what um, steps I can take and how I can apply things and figuring out where the root is of sin and um, a bunch of stuff. That was a huge eye-opening mm -hmm. summer for me. Um, and really kind of, I feel like that summer kind of jump-started um, what was to be my love for Jesus, um, which was just, God was just using me and he was forming me and he was molding me. Um, and so I did that summer at camp um, and decided to um, go to community college early my sophomore year of high school. So uh, that was a bit of a transition. I wasn't doing a lot of classes, one or two classes a term mm -hmm. on top of my high school load um, and held on really to so much that I learned at camp and really kind of um, as I got back from camp, I kind of figured out, okay, now that I don't have people, you know, constantly mentoring me, I don't have this kind of atmosphere, what does it look like to really um, love the Lord and pursue the Lord mm -hmm. without as much as kind of accountability that I um, had before and as much as just that environment brings to you and not only um, I don't why well, wouldn't consider camp a spiritual high but it's definitely a time that you feel closer to God and so I really wanted to figure out how to sustain that so um, definitely took some time I got um, I got more plugged into my church as I went, got home from camp, um, and really just got to uh, figure out where I connect with the Lord the most. I think um, this kind of year between my freshman year of high school, this first summer at camp, and then um, my sophomore year were just huge years for me in figuring out um, how, how I want to pursue my relationship with Jesus and um, how I want to keep loving Him and just making that my own. I went, and then I went back, surprise, to camp a third summer. Um, I got to be um, more of in a leadership position this time, and um, God stretched me so much this past summer um, relationally. I got to really kind of figure out who God is um, and how He applies to our life in such a relational aspect mm -hmm. that I wasn't getting before, um, but I, um, I'm, I've kind of recently found how much joy there is in serving the Lord. That's mm -hmm. kind of one of my big passions. And so whether that's mowing the lawn at the church, taking out the garbage, or mentoring kids, um, doing whatever, there's so much joy that comes in serving the Lord that I really um, have found. And it's been so inspiring to me 
Um, I definitely say serving is my favorite way to connect with the Lord, and so uh, that's kind of a brief history of um, how I've come to know Jesus over the years and kind of made my faith my own. Hmm. Thank you. That's, that's such a good story. It's always refreshing getting to hear things like that where, like, you're just raised in such a great environment. You had such great people, like a good family backing you up and just encouraging you to do that. I remember when we first met, and one of the first things I noticed about you, and it's like so blatantly obvious with anyone who meets you, is like, you're just a natural born leader. Like, whether you like it or not, like, <laughs> dude, you're a leader. <laughs> yeah. And it's really cool to see because you don't, you don't just lead with your words, but you lead with your actions as well. Like, you talk about how you went to Tadmore the first time, the second time, the third time. Like, you're very dedicated, you're very hardworking, and even though you were so young going, even the third time, they made you, like, a leader and someone in charge. Um, so, so how do you think that fits into, like, the gospel? Like, what would, like, a perfect Christian leader looks like? And is it okay to not be a leader? I think... So, first of all, I think, obviously, we see Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jesus was the prime, mm-hmm. the best leader we see in the Bible, obviously. Um, but as far as becoming a leader and what it means to be a leader, um, I am a person that genuinely believes that everyone, every Christian is called to be a leader in some form mm. or fashion, and I believe that we have it all in us. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that everyone's going to become a pastor and everyone's going to um, lead a missions team for a long-term mission trip or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think that um, everyone is called to be a leader, and I think that Jesus really exemplifies that, obviously, throughout the Gospels. But mm-hmm. we see leadership play such a huge role throughout the entire Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, yeah, so... Becoming a leader and um, being a leader, I believe, in the church, there's, and especially in the church, there are so many different contexts that you can lead in mm-hmm. and be stretched in in that area. And um, so, yeah, I believe that everyone is called to be a leader in some form or fashion, <laughs> and that um, that's one of the things that God really is going to work through us in, mm-hmm. because not only is being a leader... It, you're often out of your comfort zone, but I find that God does so much relationally with you because not only are you just a follower now, but now you're someone that people are perhaps relying on Mm -hmm. or even just like looking to you for the answers um, and looking to you as someone that they look up to, Mm -hmm. hopefully at least. (laughs) And so um, we just kind of see that relate to um, the gospels, especially in and just Jesus being such a leader with so many people. Mm-hmm. And I think especially um, in the Gospels, we see Jesus with um, his encounters and the way, especially the people that he hung out with. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus was always hanging out with the tax collectors or we have the, the Good Samaritan mm-hmm. or and the Samaritan woman at the well and all that. And I think that that's... Um, huge because everyone was kind of like, whoa, Jesus, what are you doing? But I think, uh, and Jesus was like, he loved everyone. And so he exemplified that. Mm -hmm. And I think that was even a form of leadership. I don't think that leaders 
just have to lead a group of people. I think a leader is someone that takes charge and and does things in a biblical and godly way, mm-hmm. but something that's maybe blazing a new trail yeah. or going into uh, territory that's unknown. Yeah. So that's that's <laughs> that's really nice to hear because at least for me, I don't feel like I'm the kind of person who should be up on a stage preaching to everyone. Like, I'm definitely not that form of leader. Um, Back when I was um, deciding, like, what to major in, like, what to do in college, I thought a lot about becoming a pastor. Um, And I was like, oh, that's a fun idea. Um, But, like, what I really loved was something else. But I always felt guilty for going into that major. Um, Because I was like, well, there's the pastor, right? That's what I should be, you know? That's that's more of a... (laughs) <laughs> it's more of a Christian thing, um, which is obviously completely untrue. Like, you can worship God just as much as as being a physical therapist than you could as being a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like you said, like, Jesus is the perfect example of leading. And a lot of, a lot of Jesus' leading, like, yes, there was a Sermon on the Mount where he was preaching to thousands of people, but usually when Jesus led, it was when he was talking to his disciples, right? Talking to his core group or yeah. talking to, you know, the homeless on the street or the Pharisees or some ways like those. Like, those are the ways that he was leading. So you don't have to have this, like, big, like, extroverted personality to be a leader, right? You can lead through your actions, through your words, just, like, in one-on-one conversations. Like, there are many ways to lead it. And I feel like many people inside and outside of the church have kind of a skewed vision of leadership and I feel like a lot of people have um sort of idolized it and been like well you got to be a leader but like Mm -hmm. they got the wrong view of what a leader is so it's kind of hard to live it out if you don't know what it means you know for sure so I don't know that's something that's been on my mind lately but yeah and that kind of, I don't know, that also makes me think about, like, work in general. You know, like, you are you are a very, like, hard, <laughs> you're a very hardworking person. Like, <laughs> well, thank you. I, I love getting the opportunities to serve with you because I know that with whatever we're doing, like, it'll get done. Like, you're not someone who tends to mess around that much or, like, be lazy. You're, like, you're a go-getter, right? You graduated high school early, you're you know, you're in college early, you're getting your associates very quickly. Um, and that's, that's very cool to see. And I wish, I wish that was, that was more common around people our age, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I, the Bible says like, you know, be with wise people, become wise, be with evil people and become evil, right? I, I want to be around people who I want to be like and who I can encourage. But and which means, like, I want to be around hardworking people who love Jesus and are passionate about serving him. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, it's so, at least here in Portland, or at least in my environment, it's so hard to find people like that. Yeah. Like, you are one of the very few. And <laughs> I don't know. I just, I want to find people who are very hardworking, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's not just, like, personal thing like oh I like working hard it's it's what we were called to do right in Genesis 1 God like one of the very first things God says to humans is fill the earth and subdue it right that's a command to 
to work, right? Yeah. Back in those times, it was, you know, to work, work the earth, you know, mm-hmm. farm, garden, do all that jazz. Um, now it's turned into a different form of work. I mean, yes, there's gardening and farming, but there's also, like, a whole world of things to do, a whole countless new ways to fill the earth and subdue it, right? Mm-hmm. You know? And I feel like people have just they've began living lives where it's just living for the weekend, you know, where it's like, oh, I just want to sleep or I just want to watch Netflix. And it's like, of course there's a time to rest. Like, no doubt there's a time to rest. But even more so, there's a time to work. There's a time to be productive and be impactful with the lives that God has given us, you know? For sure. Like, I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, as far as, um, you know, it can be hard to find people, especially our age, um, within the church, not only wanting to serve, um, but really wanting to work hard within it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that just a huge part that I've been really lucky and has kind of come um, to me more naturally than I think most people um, was like, what context do you like serving the most? Mm-hmm. Um, because I can tell you right now, like... <laughs> Obviously, I haven't worked with kids a ton. Like, I haven't worked with our children's ministry. I was about to bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't worked in our children's ministry much. And um, kids are, obviously, um, they're... I'm going to reward that. I haven't served much um, in our children's ministry because I don't feel um, that that is, at least right now, that the context I'm being called to, yeah. but I've really tried to explore um, different contexts, and I've really learned and been able to kind of develop my own way of like, okay, this is not only the skill set that the Lord has gifted me with, um, and not only how can I use that, but where am I being um, not only the most helpful, but the most motivated, and mm-hmm. what's keeping my eyes on Jesus? Yeah. Because I think that, obviously, anyone can just serve to serve, like, Obviously, it's serving if you're just checking off the box um, just to if just to check off the box, oh, I served this weekend at mm-hmm. church, okay, I'll do it next Sunday, I don't want to, or whatever. Um, I think that finding that context is so important of like, okay, here is how God's gifted me, and here's how I'm going to use it in the church. Yeah. And the fruit that come out, comes out of that is so cool. Um, there's there's so much fruit that comes out of serving, and like I said before, the joy that comes from serving the Lord is um, it's it's so prominent and it is so amazing. And even though there's going to be times where you don't want to get up early, or there's times where you um, won't feel needed, I think that the Lord really calls us to serve, and He really He really sees that, and He really um, uh, just blesses us mm-hmm. for that. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes me think of um, Romans 12, where Paul says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are of one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion of our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads in zeal, the one who does acts of mercy and cheerfulness. And so that's a beautiful thing. Is like we're not all created exactly the same, right? God has blessed us with 
different blessings. Some of us are gifts. I don't know if you want to call them gifts. I mean, obviously everything is a gift. Some of us, yeah. our gifts are hospitality. Some is generosity. Some is patience. Some is compassion. Like, yeah. Like you said, like, kids aren't really your forte, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, me neither. <laughs> thankfully. Um, but thankfully, I there are other outlets, right? I, I may not be good with kids, but I'm good with, like, leading small groups. Definitely not large groups. Small groups. Um... And that's, that's where I feel like God has gifted me, and that's, that's one way that I can serve the church and worship God is through small groups or through music. But, yeah. like, I don't know. I think it's important for people to find their spiritual gifts and also to not at, to find their spiritual gifts, but at the same time to not put so much pressure on finding your spiritual gifts, you know? Because a lot of people can, like... I know I had a couple of friends in high school who... Um, our youth pastor was talking about spiritual gifts and serving the church and all that stuff. Um, and a couple of my friends got really worried because they'd gone home, they'd read that section we read through and like went through the list of spiritual gifts and they're like, they're like, I don't think I have any of these. Right. Mm -hmm. And they got really worried. Um, and eventually like our youth pastor sat them down and was like, (laughs) stop worrying about it. Right. Like you, you are gifted. God has blessed you. Don't put pressure on like like, oh, no, I'm not hospitable. Like, what? Where, where can I serve God in the church? It's like, don't, don't fret, you know? Just, like, exactly, yeah. find, just serve. Serve God. Serve lovingly. Be genuine. So serve wholeheartedly. Absolutely. Like, even if it's not your gift or whatever or your forte, you can still serve, right? Like, I can still serve kids and glorify God. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not what I'm best at, but I can still use that as a way to worship. What are your thoughts? What are you thinking about? What's God teaching you lately? Hmm. Uh, lately, um, one of the biggest things that's actually been on my mind um, for quite some time now, a few months now, um, a couple months back, um, I was at my church, and um, we're going through the Gospel of John right now, Ooh. and... Uh, we do book by verse, or book by book, chapter by chapter, verse nice. by verse, and just going through, and uh, John 3.16 came up. Um, obviously, your classic verse, <laughs> and I was kind of interested how Pastor Dave was going to kind of put his own twist on it. Um, so we got there, and uh, we got to John 3.16, and Pastor Dave made this comment um, about the attributes of God, mm-hmm. and he said, he basically reworded John 3.16, to that we see the way that God is love, right? And yeah. so we could reword John 3.16 to be, God was so God that he gave God to be God, right? <laughs> which, yeah. is, which is such, like, a, it was a, it's an interesting statement, yeah. yeah. And so um, that kind of sparked me a little bit about how how can I use kind of that context, but how can we look at the way that, the person that God was and the way that he acted and how can we use it to further our relationship with him. Mm. And um, that's been huge the last couple months for me because I feel like obviously a personal relationship with God um, is so important, but as I'm kind of more just looking into his attributes and what what was God really like, it makes him so much more personable Mm -hmm. and it makes it feel like such a 
stronger relationship because you feel like you're it's just like getting to know another person Mm. um and so that's been huge for me is just um what are the attributes of god and how can i apply that to my relationship with him and how can i um use the examples that i see or or the way that he's acting and kind of put it into my relationship and apply that to my life Mm. um so that's one big thing and then another thing is uh just uh, listening for his voice. Um, this is something that I've always wanted to do really good at, mm-hmm. and it's it can be so tricky. It can it's be so such hard. such a barrier. Um, and um, there was a couple times before applying to camp where I was like, ah, oh, I don't know which way is the Lord pulling me. Like I think I feel peace about mm-hmm. this, um, but especially this last summer at camp. But um, that and a mission trip that I'm going to go on is a three-month-long mission trip in September. I've been praying about that a ton. And before I applied to that, and even before I applied to camp, um, I kind of prayed to God. I'm like, use this time that you can um, just help me understand what your voice is in my life and help me understand uh, not only what your will is, but what you want to be done. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of started picking up on this weird voice and i obviously i've never heard like god audibly like yeah <laughs> do this or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i think the one thing that i've really learned um over the past like six months or so is god thinks differently than us mm-hmm. but he's within our heads mm-hmm. and so i've been trying to make this conscious effort and it's it's been hard but um i try to make this conscious effort of like okay, when things pop into my head, was that me thinking? Mm. Or was that the Lord kind of planting something in you? Yeah. And there were there were things that I would see the Lord would test me on. Mm. Little things like, hey, go say hi to that person. Maybe they're struggling. Or yeah. go do this. And I feel like weird things that you're like, why would that come into my head? I mm. think that's really the Lord. He thinks differently than us. Yeah. And he puts those thoughts into our head on purpose. Um, and so that's been just huge trying to, um, just figure out what his voice is in my life and applying that, um, more than I have in the past because, mm-hmm. um, really just getting direction from the Lord, obviously sometimes he'll make it blatantly obvious where three things are mentioned in the same day by different people <laughs> at random events. And you're yeah. like, how the heck did that happen? Yeah. But I also think there's a lot of subtle things that God's kind of like, okay, I need you to listen to me. I need you to focus. And I need you to um, not only rely on me that I will give you the answers, but be actively listening for that answer and the way that I want you to do it. Yeah. So, Dude, I, I so wish I was good at listening. Like... It's hard. It is so hard, but, like, the couple times where, like, I have been able to, like, sit in silence and just, like, listen to God and, like, understand, like, where he wants me to go and what he wants me to do, it has brought such peace, you know? Because it's, like, it's, like, I I know this is God's will. Like, yeah, this, this is the way to go. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I just, I wish I could, like, just channel it, like, with every moment, like, I don't know. I have a lot of big decisions coming up. Like, mm-hmm. I'm transferring schools. I'm, I might be moving. Like, <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of things going on, and I don't know which way is the right way to go. And, oh man, 
I really just need to set aside some time and just, like, just talk with God and figure out, like, what it is that he wants. It's just, oh, man. It's I tricky. Wish, I, wish, I wish it was, like, flipping a switch. Like I know, oh. and especially I think that's <laughs> kind of one of those times where the devil really wants to just tempt us. Because, oh, yeah. you no know, doubt. having a conversation with God, actively engaging, but then... You know, trying to listen, the devil will, I feel like, put so many different thoughts in your head. Or maybe you're just like, it was a stressful day and there's something yep. going through your head. And definitely not something I've mastered yeah. at all. Mm -hmm. But something that's so important for us. Yeah. Because um, not only do we need to be listening when mm -hmm. we read the Bible, but we need to be listening to God's voice in our life and figuring out what that means to us. Mm. Dang, that's a good story. All right, um, we're going to take a quick break, but stick around to hear one last interesting story. Okay, so there's this one time. I don't know how much of the story you remember, but... Yeah, I think it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there's this one time. Um, I had just turned 18, and a friend of mine, um, he had moved to Slovenia over in Eastern Europe, and he was getting married, and he invited me to go to his wedding. And I was like, I was like, oh, absolutely, like... I'd be honored to, um, and and I was like, I was like, I'm an adult now. Like this is <laughs> this is gonna be good. Like I'm traveling alone. I'm 18. Like the world is mine. I can take exactly. it. <laughs> King of the hill. And um, I could not have planned more terribly because um, I had like it was like a 40 hour trip over there because mm -hmm. I had um, so many layovers, and. The last plane I landed, I ended up in Croatia, which yeah. was the completely wrong country. <laughs> you were and just I was a little like, off. A little bit, yeah. I had like I was three hundred miles away from where I had to be, and my plane landed. It was like ten o'clock at night in Croatia, and I was like, I was like, okay, I'll spend the night in the airport. I'll find a taxi or something, and in the morning, and it'll be fine. And so, I sat down. My phone was dead, and I didn't have a converter for the outlets in Croatia. Um, and I was like, I was like, it'll be fine. Um, I'll just hang out here. And so I sat down. I was reading a book. And over time, I realized that there were just, like, less and less people walking by. Mm -hmm. And eventually, I didn't see anyone. Like, the airport was completely empty. And I was like, this is odd. And I, like, got up and I started walking around being like, where is everyone? And then the lights shut off. And I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, shoot. <laughs> is the airport closed? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I didn't know what to do. Uh, so I just sat down. And eventually a security guard found me. And he started yelling at me in Croatian. Um, <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, I'm sorry. I don't understand. Can I just sleep here? And he was like, are you American? I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, you're fine. And he just like, he just like let me lay down there and he like checked up on me every couple hours. He was a very sweet guy. Um, and then the morning came, I found a shuttle that was heading to Slovenia and I was like, I was like great, this will be awesome. Um, the shuttle driver didn't really speak much English and I didn't speak whatever language he spoke. And so we started driving um, and eventually we got into Slovenia <laughs> and and he was like, "What village are like? What village are you going to?" And I was mm -hmm. like, "I was like, I was like, I think it's called 
Radovlitsa. He's like, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, me neither. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And so he dropped me off on the side of the freeway. And right before he pulled off, the last thing he said was, don't walk on the freeway. And then he drove off. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I got no other choice. And so I started walking on the freeway. Um, I walked for <laughs> I walked for hours. And I was like, but the weird thing was, like, I was completely at peace like uh-huh. which is weird because like under normal circumstances i would be freaking out but i was like i was like i was in such complete peace i was like i was like you know what i think i was like god's got this like mm-hmm. he wouldn't i wouldn't get all the way across the world to <laughs> to just die like something like, i don't know maybe 20 maybe 100 miles away from where i'm supposed to be so yeah i was like i think i was like god's got this and so i was walking on the freeway and then, like, way, way out in the distance, I saw a steeple. And I was like, I was like, well, I'm walking towards nothing, so I might as well pick something to walk towards. And so I took a freeway exit, and I started walking towards the <laughs> Did you use your blinker? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I started walking towards the steeple, and I was, like, a couple miles off. And I was like, I was like, oh, well, I, I don't know. It's a goal, you know? Mm-hmm. I'll reach the goal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't go crazy. And as I was walking, a car drove by me, and then they, like, slammed on their brakes. And I was like, I was like, okay, I think this is where I'm going to die. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> they're going to beat me up. They're going to take everything I have, and I'm going to die on the road. And the car, like, slammed, no, they slammed on their brakes. They backed up. And it was a car filled with a bunch of people from my church back right. in Oregon. And I was like, <laughs> they're like, Ben? And I'm like, hi Hi. (laughs) hello (laughs) and um thankfully they were also going to the wedding (laughs) and so they like they picked me up they drove me to um where i was gonna stay but i was like that's crazy how much god provides like that because like that dude the taxi driver totally not his fault nice guy but he dropped me off just at a random point in the entire country and i started walking in a random direction and i just happened to walk at this direction, at the same time as one car filled with someone I knew from across the world drove by and recognized me. Like, that's insane. That just shows, like, how much God loves me and how much he loves, you know, everyone, right? Like, Mm -hmm. he is so loving. He's so incredible. And I don't know. It's an amazing life. Do you have... Thank you for being on this podcast, Isaac. You're incredible. I appreciate it. Do you have any last thoughts, ideas? Or just... Peace? I don't think so. (laughs) Um... Love Jesus and uh, keep pursuing him. You won't mm. regret it. Yeah, dude. And, uh, <laughs> dude, it's a good story. Shout out to my chapstick. Yeah, shout out to my chapstick. <laughs>